Welcome to the Limitless Healing Podcast, where everyone is welcome to take a front row seat and listen in on inspiring conversations, stories of healing, and action steps to help you live your best life. My name is Colette Brown, and I am passionate about all things wellness, mind, body, soul, inspired by my own personal transformation from unwell and not knowing where to turn to thriving and flourishing and motivated to help you do the same. I share this platform with medical doctors, wellness practitioners, chronic illness survivors, meditation and mindfulness gurus, innovators of products from food to technology and more. Think of it as a one-stop shop for wellness resources where you can listen to professionals from around the world to help you thrive. Join me Mondays and Wednesdays while sipping a cup of tea or making your favorite meal as we explore the world of wellness together. This is the Limitless Healing Podcast. Inflammation. Today, we're looking closer at inflammation, the short and long-term risks and benefits. So what would an example of beneficial inflammation look like? Let's pretend that you're cooking in the kitchen, using sharp knives, cutting your veggies, and listening to this podcast and hear a shocking fact about soy. You accidentally slice your finger. Oh, in addition to rinsing with water and applying pressure, the body itself will go into work, enabling the immune cells to protect the host, which is you, from bacteria, viruses, trauma, harmful stimuli, pathogens, and damaged cells. It promotes tissue repair and recovery. This is our body's natural healing mechanism of creating inflammation to heal. Now, when is inflammation bad? Well, when it's chronic, inflammation begins to attack healthy tissues and cells. Chronic inflammation can manifest also through poor food choices, stress, and sedentary lifestyle. An interesting fact, according to a study published in the journal Metabolic Syndrome and Related Disorders, researchers examined the data of 8,721 adults that were surveyed between 2009 and 2016 and found that 88% or about nine out of 10 Americans are metabolically unhealthy. What does this mean? Inflammation due to a lack of exercise and poor diet that manifests in the body, such as high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and abnormal cholesterol. So when you go to the doctor and you are told you're unwell, let's pretend to put you in the category of metabolically unhealthy. Your doctor diagnoses you with being overweight, have developed type two diabetes, and are at risk for Cushing's disease. Some doctors would say that these are comorbidities, meaning the simultaneous presence of two or more diseases or medical conditions, or can we challenge the quote comorbidity and look at them as being all connected? The connection is inflammation or other term metabolically unhealthy. If your body can't perform or function to its full potential, how can it heal, repair, and deliver proper nutrients where the body needs it? I want to draw your attention 
and look at two types of medicine, Western and functional. We know Western medicine in the United States, it saves lives every day in emergency situations. It helps to triage injuries. It provides opportunity for surgeries to replace irreparable joints, open heart surgeries, and so much more. It's so necessary. I would like to challenge it as a basis for all of our healthcare. What if instead of being prescribed antacids, for example, for heartburn or acid reflux, a doctor would sit with you and fully examine your lifestyle, what food you're eating, how much sleep you're getting, what is your stress level like, and only as a last resort would prescribe these antacids for temporary relief until the real problem was under control. In the case of antacids, they are one of the most popular prescribed drugs, 114 million prescriptions annually. And get this, Americans spent $5.1 billion on Nexium in 2021. Antacids, which are called proton pump inhibitors, has just come under the radar of the FDA, who, by the way, approved this drug with recommended duration of no longer than six weeks years ago. Now the FDA is warning against long-term use and displays some of the side effects. And here are four examples, one increased bacterial overgrowth, two decreased resistance to infection, three impaired nutrient absorption four increased risk of cancer and other diseases. I'm going to do a talk another day about proton pump inhibitors. I just wanted to highlight the traditional route of Western medicine in comparison to the next view of medicine, which is functional medicine. Functional medicine provides a framework to get to the root of the problem. It looks at the body and the lifestyle as a whole. Prescription drugs are a last resort. This way of medicine is a lifestyle. Looking at your daily routine, nutrition, sleep, stress, mental health, to reference back to the study about 88% of Americans being metabolically unhealthy, I believe that the lack of education about food and other lifestyle choices is creating disease unnecessarily in millions of Americans. Here are some interesting facts. According to the World Health Organization, three out of five people die of chronic inflammation. 43 million suffer from joint and arthritis disease, which is also inflammatory disease. The CDC in 2018 states that 50 million live with chronic pain from inflammation. Another point to drive home, 95% of all autoimmune disease comes from the gut. So chronic inflammation, what does it look like? Listen up. I'm going to quickly run through a long list to give you some reference on how these diseases are related and not just comorbidities. Seasonal allergies created by gut inflammation and is a significant contributor to seasonal allergies. There are some genetics involved here, of course, but it can be aggravated and worsened through lifestyle. The gut releases pro-inflammatory cytokines that stimulate mast cells. Mast cells contain chemicals such as heparin, histamine, cytokines, and growth factors, and influences how the immune system responds to certain bacteria and parasites. We're jumping to autoimmune disease, a common factor 
with autoimmune disease is a protein in the gut called zonulin. Zonulin researchers have found is higher in people with autoimmune disease compared to healthy groups. Zonulin is the only known regulator of intestinal permeability. When it's activated, it can lead to what we call leaky gut. Leaky gut is where toxins cross the tight junctions of the gut into the bloodstream, and it can wreak havoc on the body. Next, arthritis. Studies have found the overgrowth of cardiogenic bacterium, Prophyromalinus gingivalis. This is a disease of the mouth that destroys gums that are needed to support teeth. This leads to losing teeth. And if it is present, studies show that it is also an indicator of progression of arthritis. Gut dysbiosis and leaky gut induce inflammatory response that triggers the release of cytokines that cause musculoskeletal degeneration. Next is cardiovascular disease, the leading cause of death worldwide. Gut dysbiosis creates a release of peptidoglycan bacteria that promotes arteriosclerotic plaque formation and hypertension. Other names of the disease, irritable bowel syndrome or IBS, colorectal cancer, diverticulitis, which is an inflammation of pouches in the intestine and symptoms include abdominal pain, fever, nausea, and change in bowel habits, depression and anxiety, the cytokine model of depression, which I'm going to go to in another episode, neurodevelopmental disorder like ADHD, osteoporosis, gut inflammation disrupts the balance between bone building and bone reabsorbing cells. And this manifests through bone loss, skin conditions like eczema, psoriasis, acne, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, excessive fat in the liver compromised with gut microbiota drives inflammation. Let's pause and take a further look at the causes of inflammation. There's environmental toxins. There is non-antibiotic drugs like the proton pump inhibitors, which inhibit stomach acid and allow bacteria into the digestive tract, industrial seed oils, food additives, acellular carbs, which are carbs without fiber or much benefit, stress, sedentary lifestyle, overtraining, the use of antibiotics. I wanted to highlight a really interesting study done by Dr. David Ludwig at the Harvard Medical School. He wanted to see if there was any correlation between the type of carbs we eat and overall health. He studied 12 obese teenage boys. He put them into three groups. Each group was given different foods, but the same caloric content. Group one was instant oatmeal, group two still cut oatmeal, and group three an omelet with fruit. They were all fed equal calories at breakfast, but according to the food group that they were in and the rest of the day, they could eat at their own free will. Groups one and two, which were the instant oatmeal and still cut oatmeal group showed a higher spike in blood sugar after eating breakfast. It also increased their appetite. They had more frequent meals throughout the day, raving more acellular carbs and get this increased weight gain. Let's look at group three the omelet group with fruit. It showed that after they eat, they had stabilized blood sugar. They were less hungry throughout the day. And yes, it promoted weight loss in this group. You may have identified one of the many symptoms I have referenced. And you may also ask if I am inflamed, is it chronic? 
Well, without a full exam of where you're at today, it would be hard to say. However, I do know that our bodies are so resilient. From my own experience of being unwell for over 20 years and healing, I know it's possible to reduce inflammation. You need to examine all aspects of life by making simple daily changes. You can start seeing incremental improvements. Remember this takes commitment, mind, body, soul. Here are seven tips for reducing inflammation. Number one, understand that there are stimulators of inflammation. And here's three common groups that you may be eating today. The first group is grains, which composes with a lot of different grains, wheat, rice, oats, and there's science showing that these spike blood sugar. Rice is higher on the glycemic index than table sugar, which leads to the source itself being sugar. It is inflammatory in the body and it also does spike the blood sugar. And it's just another reminder, women, you're supposed to be having 24 grams, men, 35 grams per day. That includes all sources of sugar, natural, and those that are added in foods that you eat. It is said that Alzheimer's is called the quote, insulin resistance of the brain disease. Let that sink in. Another group is oxidized fats. This looks like peanut oil, nut oil, vegetable oil, Crisco. I know back in the day we used to consume Crisco like it was going out of style with our cooking and we know better today. We know that they can create an abundance of free radicals in the body and become rancid. They damage cells and promote unhealthy aging. And who wants to age unhealthy? I, I don't, I know that for sure. <laughs> so group two, what to eat? Slow burning carbs. Coconut flour is a great alternative that you can use sweet potatoes, spaghetti squash, just to name a few, replace those oxidized fats with healthy oils, throw out all the bad oils, replace them with really nourishing oils, which are coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, add in fermented foods such as kimchi and sauerkraut. These feed the gut microbiome and the gut microbiome is responsible for all sorts of beneficial health in the body, which includes creating vitamins. The next is sleep. Get seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Sleep restores, repairs, heals, and activates the immune system to clear out waste. Number four, stress. Reduce it. Examine areas in your life. Lighten up. Laugh. Start a breathing practice whenever you feel that tension coming on. And number five, brain health. Tune in. If you're doing everything right, but you still suffer from symptoms, it may be time to test for other causes. Maybe it's metals, mercury, toxins in the blood. So you might need to do blood or stool testing to look at this a little bit further. Number six, exercise. Remember that there's a balance. Too much or too little is not good. Too much cardio and no weight resistance will not get you to your health goals. High intensity training, the HIIT workouts have shown to strengthen muscle mass and reduce other health risks. Walk every day, get outdoors when possible, go for a hike. And seven, start a gratitude practice. Write down or think of three things every day that you are thankful for. Gratitude shifts the mind to think about the positive things around us that we may forget in the heat of the moment. If you journal, you can reflect back and help you remember what you're grateful for in those moments that 
You just can't seem to look past what's going on at present. All this may seem overwhelming and you may need someone to help you. And this is where I come in. I want you to experience positive lifestyle changes. It's not about just creating a diet and it's not about just exercising more. I give you a step-by-step method of improving your health in my program, What's on Your Plate, where we dive into transformation that's of the mind, body, and soul. I have weekly group calls and we do cooking sessions and also one-on-one sessions. If you're ready and committed to change, please reach out for more information on how you can start this year off with support. Don't do it alone. Have a solid foundation of knowledge that will set you up for success. I hope this episode has broadened your knowledge of overall well-being. I want to thank you for listening and as always, be well. You just finished another episode of Limitless Healing, where we dive into all things wellness. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your friends and family. Together, we can plant seeds of hope that leads to transformation in our lives and the lives of those we love. Let's get healthy together.